This is episode 25 of the Inspired Energy Podcast with Murray Guest. This episode, I'm catching up with another awesome strengths-based coach, Heidi Convoy. Heidi is based in Texas and partners with organizations to help them build strengths-based cultures. And I've got to know Heidi through the strengths community and hanging out with her in Omaha at the Clifton Strength Summits over the past few years. I love catching up with Heidi, talking about the Texas culture and the don't mess with Texas approach and what that means in organizations and how that can show up. Also talking about her work with different organizations, how she partners with them through her coaching and the workshops that she runs. We also talked about her definition of inspired energy, which you know I ask everyone in every podcast, but this one, she talked about that fizzy feeling that bubbles up inside you, like a bit like a a soda or a carbonated drink, um, and how you can tap into that. We also talk about how important it is about getting excited about who you really are, um, and not just as a kid, but as an adult, and how important that is to help you be your best self. We, of course, explore Heidi's top five strengths and how she leads with Includer as part of one of those key strengths that show up for her. So here we go with a great conversation with Heidi Convoy on the Inspired Energy podcast. Hello, Heidi. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. How are you? I am very well. I can't say good morning because, as you've just told me, it's 3 p.m. It is. It is good afternoon here in Dallas. Yes. So everything's bigger in Texas, as they say. <laughs> they do say that. It's true, though. It's true. What does that really mean for the, the non-Texas listeners? Okay. So uh, for any context people who might be paying attention or input, maybe, don't mess with Texas or like everything's bigger in Texas. That um, started as a litter campaign. Uh-huh. It, yeah, it was sort of to kind of intimidate people to make sure that they didn't uh, litter and throw their trash around because um, we, we tend to be, we like a little friendly intimidation here in Texas. And that just kind of blew up a little bit to be sort of a, a huge mental complex. So we like to make sure everyone knows that it's bigger here and don't mess with us and you know what we're all i mean we're generally huge softies that like to pretend like we're not but uh, so when did that campaign start how long ago was that that i can't i'm not really sure i want to say i want to say the 90s but i could be just i could be off by decades (laughs) (laughs) But, but from what you're saying it feels like it's been part of the fabric for for like a long time a long time yeah yeah and the the everything's bigger i mean that's i think that actually started probably with my mom's hairstyle in the 80s and then (laughs) (laughs) continued on because we can get some pretty decent height with our hair here so you know that you are slowly becoming your parent yeah thank you for um thank you for reminding me about that i hadn't I hadn't thought about that today yet, but so each each year that I see you at the Clifton Strength Summit, I expect an extra inch on your hair height. <laughs> so uh, at Christmas, when I was growing up, Santa actually put little teething combs in the stockings of my sister and myself so that oh. we could get extra practice. <laughs> That's a true story. Uh, only in Texas, though. Santa knew that. <laughs> That's right. So I've got a, a just a different question. So the don't mess with Texas as a theme through society that mm-hmm. was all about originally, you know, waste and also this, this pride, does that come into organizations and their own culture that you work with? Oh man, that's a good question. I think, I think it can in some pockets. Um, you know, I actually uh, have been working with a, a particular client for a while. And when I went in to pitch um, bringing me in as an um, external coach, I kind of got the vibe um, in that first initial meeting that there was, they really wanted to tell me all the things that were right with them. We're doing this for our employees and this is what's going on and our culture is great. And almost felt a little bit like that, don't mess with us. You know, we kind of, we have it together and 
maybe we're just looking for a coach as something additional, you know, for our, uh, our team. Mm -hmm. And with that organization in particular, I did the Gallup's Q12 assessment at the beginning of our coaching relationship to kind of get an idea of where employee engagement was really um, in the organization and their results back were, were really rough. Um, they were below average in, I think, 10 of the 12 categories. And um, that was a gigantic shock for the leadership team. And because I think they really did have that zone of, you know, don't mess with us. Everything's great. We're running well. We're not sure if we need, you know, really do need a coach or help with things. And, and that, that was tough for them. Uh, it shows the power, though, of the numbers when you measure and that's there in black and white or in red, green and orange, maybe. Yellow. Um, <laughs> yellow and shows them just where their performance is at. So then how did you navigate that beyond um, that point? Well, uh, I kind of let my positivity take charge a little bit um, because that was, it really, I mean, it was, that was a very difficult meeting going over those results mm. uh, with their, their leadership team because they, they felt a bit blindsided because they really had no idea that that's how the majority of their employees felt. And, um, and so I reassured them that I guess, unfortunately, but maybe fortunately for them in that moment, that wasn't the, um, that that was actually the norm, right? It was more likely that organizations would come back with results similar to theirs. Engagement is down and employees don't really feel like they have a place or that they're really valued or that they have a good friend at work or whatever. Um, and so not necessarily, you know, telling them just roping in with everybody else, but having that feeling of, you know, okay, but now we know. So now we know what, what we need to do. And now we can really craft a very specific coaching plan based on this qualitative data. You know, if having a best friend at work was the lowest, then we need to work on some one-on-one, -on -one, um, you know, team building opportunities, two-on-one -on -one coaching situations to help really cultivate some stronger relationships within the, the folks um, and the team. So it, I think being able to, not always, I think that, that qualitative measurement isn't always needed. Sometimes you come into an organization and they'll say, we want you to do this because we know that that's what's most needed and that's awesome. But it can be really helpful um, especially I think and for coaches if you're walking into an organization and they say everything is great here we're doing awesome you know there's no issues to me that's a little extra hint for you to well maybe we should yes <laughs> a little of assessment just to be sure um, that you know that that the perception of leadership is actually the reality yeah, and that shows the power of Q12. I've used it for a number of clients around cultural change with mm. through workshops um, and focus groups and with a little bit of coaching, but I love how you use it in this example with this client with a focus on their coaching and working with the leaders. Did you do a retest afterwards and see a shift? We did. We did a retest a year later. Um, their specific coaching plan involved um, a full day strengths rollout workshop for the entire employee base, quarterly lunch and learns, and then two days a month where I would go into the organization. I'd be there all day for two days and any level of employee could sign up for a 45 minute coaching session. Um, so we did that <clears throat> uh, program for a year and saw increases in all 12 areas in the Q12, which was awesome so it it works it yeah, really yeah. works and i think you know and especially when i was starting out my business that that q12 actually really helped me figure out how to offer unique coaching plans for each organization without um you know kind of pulling myself thin so you don't have to recreate the wheel fully for every group that you coach um, but it helps to give a really specific plan um, that helped them to feel unique, like you were going to coach specifically to what their needs were. Um, and then I, you know, didn't feel like I was kind of floundering around. I knew, okay, I need to use these one-on-one -on -one days because they're having a hard time with, um, 
you know, individual engagement and motivation, or we need more team days because it seems like that aspect's a little lower. So I, as far as crafting your proposals, um, it can be incredibly helpful to start with some sort of measurement like Q12, I think. Yeah, and I can imagine those two days when you're in the office uh, every month where people could come and have a coaching session with you for 45 minutes, that they were very powerful to help in embed or explore uh, a number of the things that they've been picking up from the workshops and other conversations as well. I'm just wondering how did, just for people that might be interested, how did you go about filling those sessions? Did you use an online system or a form or, or did they just drop in and say, hey, are you available? <laughs> so I um, actually request that my client um, lead that, the signing up part. Um, it just, we have, you know, working with a couple of organizations, it's too, for me, it was just a little too complicated to handle all of that. Um, and so in my proposal, I suggest, you know, I'll be here twice a month. Um, we can, uh, what I really like to do is go ahead and choose the two days per month for the entire calendar year up front. And then, you know, the, the client has those days and they've done that a variety of ways. Some of them in their break room area have just posted the dates. I'll be there all year up on a board and people just walk up and sign up. Um, sometimes they'll send it out. They have kind of their own internal messaging system that they'll use. So they've, they've all done it a variety of ways. Um, but that one, that one offering that going in, you know, once or twice a month and having 45 minute um, sessions lined up, they, they fill up in two minutes. I mean, they're just gone. And in fact, I got an email yesterday from a client that said, I think we're going to have to move up to four days a month because we're getting complaints that people can't get in <laughs> for sessions and which is awesome. Um, but I, I, that doesn't speak to me. I think that speaks to the fact that having a neutral third party come in and, and offer some coaching and development for people where they feel like they can really open up. There's a trust you can build. Um, it just, it makes such a huge difference. And that's the workshops are fun and they're engaging and, there's team building and you know, it's, you leave kind of on a strengths high. Um, but those one-on-one -on -one availabilities, especially for all levels, um, that that's kind of where the magic happens, which is yeah. a really lame phrase, but it's true. No, no. And, and so just to understand the process, can people come and see you more than once throughout that process as well? They can. Um, my general, unless it seems like, you know, there's one or two people who are kind of, railroading or like standing next to the sign-up sheet the second that it's posted um, <laughs> <laughs> which is sometimes a couple of those but generally speaking uh, I just let folks know however often you feel like you need or want to come in come in and so there will be some that come you know every month or every other month um, there's a few that'll come for a session and then maybe three or four months later they'll come in for an additional one so it's uh, you know the need of the of the employee and kind of what they're going through at the moment. And so, yeah. And it sounds like when you talk about coaching, it really lights you up. What, what, what is it that, that you love so much about coaching? I think and with coaching, I think I lead with includer quite a bit. Um, probably a combo of includer belief and that I just feel very deeply in my soul that everyone needs to know how much they matter. And um, coaching lets me do that. So I have, with the one-on-ones, you know, I have 45 minutes with eight people in a day that I go into organization. And that's eight people that I know for a fact that day, um, I have the ability to, to make sure that they know that they exist and that they have something nobody else does and that it's important to figure out what that is. And so, um, I mean, I can think back prior to coaching um, in my prior profession, even as a child, just really feeling the need to make people feel like they, they're important. And that's, that's how I coach, I think, um, and why I love it so much, because I just get to do that all day, every day. Yeah, fantastic. And prior to starting your business four years ago, uh, you were at um, Middle Tennessee State University. I was. 
I, so I was a university administrator for about 11 years um, prior to, to starting my business and had a variety of positions within higher ed. Um, I worked with on-campus housing for the majority and did a variety in there from hiring and training staff to working with students who violated university policies, um, supervision. So it just had a wide range, um, wore a lot of hats, but really in that did some similar things to coaching. You know, the, the mm. majority of my time was spent helping students try and figure out who they were and what mark they could leave on the world um, and finding out what lit them up and got them excited. And so when I, my kind of tipping point for leaving higher ed and entering the coaching world was this sort of epiphany that, um, you know, in the university setting, that's a huge part of growth and an expectation that you're going to receive uh, in college, right? That yes, you're getting the academic part, but you're also figuring out who you are and getting some support from a variety of offices and professionals who want to help you, you know, get excited about who you are. Well, that need to get excited about who you are, that doesn't stop when you graduate with your degree. Mm. And so I, I kind of all of a sudden one day thought, what happens to all of these students when you leave the university setting and you go into the professional world and there's no longer a cheerleader there for you. There's no longer somebody, you know, trying to really help you remain excited about who you are and continue that journey. And we need that in the professional world. So that kind of sparked me to, I think I'm going to do this. I think I'm going to continue what I love most about being a university administrator and take it to, um, to the post-educational field. So, yeah, I can, I can really feel that. And I love that statement. You, the need to get excited about who you are and, Unfortunately, um, you are so right. There are so many, so many organizations where it's, that is not the feeling. It's okay. You've done your study. Now let's do the work, but actually exactly. let's still connect. Let's still feel excited. Let's still lift each other up. Let's still challenge and coach each other. Exactly. Um, yeah. And, and I actually, I uh, heard a definition of a, a true friend is someone that celebrates in your success as much as you do. Oh, I love that. And I just think about that when you talk about this need to get excited and how, and you know, do you have a best friend at work? Do you have someone you can trust and confide in? How important that is as us, as, as tribes and communities within organizations. It is, it's just, it's vital. And you know, we now, I think um, at least in, in the United States, we work more of our waking hours than we don't. Right. So you think five out of the seven days a week, um, actually for the majority of Americans, more than five days, um, six or seven days of the seven day week, you are working while you're awake. And you and get just for clarity too, you get two weeks leave a year. Is that right? Two weeks holiday pay? Um, that's prob the majority. Yeah. Most I would say, I guess do. Um, but that would probably be, I don't know. I don't know the stats. It's, it's abysmal. I'll say that. Yeah. It's really rough. Yeah. There is vacation time um, in the U S is close to non-existent. So. And not to say that in Australia, we have it perfect or anything like that, but the, the legislation is you are entitled to four weeks annual leave per year. Mm. A lot of people save that up and, and there's actually, you know, what I've seen lots of companies having strategies to help people take their leave because um, they're not taking it regularly enough. But right. I think four weeks a leave a year is at least, you know, a couple more weeks, which does make a difference. It does. It does. And it's, um, I was actually, this is so interesting. So kind of along these lines, I was speaking to a client recently about leave time and they were thinking about restructuring theirs. Um, and we talked about how, um, and I got this from you from when you made that incredible visual of the top five strengths represented, uh, amongst every country in the United States. 
or every country in the world. And um, <laughs> that was such an American thing. Hush, to say, so. hush, hush, don't do it, don't. You got to cut that out of the podcast. <laughs> um, it was so American. But the number one most represented strength in the US is Achiever. Yeah. And we were talking about how um, that's how we place our value here hugely is how much you achieve and how much you accomplish. Yeah. And, uh, and that just pushes folks to such an unhealthy zone a lot of times that, um, you know, I should take vacation, but I've got so much to do. I've got so much to accomplish or, you know, I really want to get this done. And then before you know it, uh, it's, you know, November and you haven't taken any vacation all year. And so it's, it's a, it's a problem. It's a huge problem. But if we're spending all that time, all of that time at work, um, it is so beyond vital for us to figure out how to make our time at work energizing and engaging and motivating. So obviously strengths plays a big part in that feeling energized, feeling connected, feeling inspired, feeling like someone is excited about you. But why strengths for you? What, what is the thing that connected you with the whole strengths movement? Uh, I think it was probably two things. Um, for me personally, I could, once I knew what my top five specifically were um, and could, and really understood what those um, talents were, I could trace them back. I can, I can remember Honestly, I can remember when my Cluedo was born mm. um, and I can give examples of learner uh, when I was in kindergarten and first grade and second grade. And so that really hit me um, that this wasn't, you know, and not to knock any other kind of um, assessment by any stretch, uh, but the uniqueness of this for me was just really hit me hard that this isn't, oh, this is who I am as an adult. This is who I have been um, over the stretch of my life. And so that, to me, uh, it was so incredibly important to better understand what that meant um, because it's just always been there. And, and for others, I gravitated towards, you know, getting my certification and strength specifically and using that um, because the odds of someone um, having your same strengths um, or talents in the same order is so absurdly small that I felt like it, it gave it gave me an edge in communicating with individuals on a one-on-one -on -one basis that um, no one's going to offer what what you can offer nobody and no one on the planet has ever had the same um, talents as you have I mean that's how extreme it is. And so that just, to me, I think gives people an extra excitement about learning about themselves um, and wanting to dive into it because they aren't labels at that point. You know, um, it's not a generalization that, oh, you're a this, you know, color, but so is everybody else on this side of the room, not to knock true colors. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to offend anybody, but this just, um, as far as your own personal development is concerned, I don't think you can be strength finder yeah and i think the element that you touched on there which is important is let's say you have some similar talents to someone else or even the same the experiences the the way you're brought up um, mm -hmm. the qualifications the things you've done there's a whole range of things which have then intersected through your life which shape who you are and strengths enables what i found is a and a, a catalyst for those conversations to really understand that as to how they have shaped who a person is and then what does the future look like and how this information helps you go for the, the, the goals and overcome the challenges ahead of you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's too unique to ignore. Yeah. Um, and I had a similar story for myself when I, and, and I've lucky enough to experience a number of self-assessment tools or 360 degree feedback tools but strengths really connected with me as well. And, and I could see how my strengths were showing up all through my, my life as a, as a brother, as a student, as a friend, as a partner, as a, as a husband, a father, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. and, and then going, ah, oh, I can also see how they trip me up. I can see how they get in my way. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Me too.
but that's so helpful to be able to to figure that out you know and can if we're if you know we're committed to it and i joke with other coaches that on the daily basis i wake up and i feel like sometimes i'm like standing at the top of a basement staircase looking down in the basement going am i going down there today with my strength <laughs> and have to make that you know that actionable decision the um every morning to say no 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 i'm i'm aiming them today uh but but it's just to be able to know what your strengths feel like when they're not functioning well um and to i kind of self-identify in that moment is just priceless so yeah i i, I love that um visualization uh, but i'm sure that the awareness is the first start so yes oh, I'm, I'm down there or i'm i've got a blind spot here now right. let me understand that or a right. coach and that's the beauty of coaching isn't it you help people understand that and and bring the and shine the light on that it is it is and you you know i think uh, one of the biggest surprises to a lot of clients of mine um, at the beginning of our coaching relationship is when i say my intention is not to be here forever mm. you know i'm my that is not that's not what I'm here to do. My, I'm here to teach you how to do this and for yourself and for one another um, so that, you know, you can take charge of your development and you can begin to, and everyone needs a coach for different parts of, you know, our lives and our own development. Um, but I like the idea of a coach's perspective being, let me teach you, you know, let me coach you through this and teach you so that you can take this and run with it. Yeah. Unlocking someone's potential. Yes. Perfect um, word. So if, if you were to get one of your talents or strengths tattooed on your body. <laughs> okay. I like where this is going. So this is mine. I've totally claimed it. You know, I want to be known as Miss Activator or whatever it may be. <laughs> which, which one is it and why? Oh man. Um, that is a big struggle. I really, I enjoy most of mine. Um, I think I'm going to briefly tell you what my struggle is. You can kind of help me narrow it down. Activator is my most courageous. Uh, I think it is hugely responsible for me starting my business and deciding to jump off the cliff and just do it. Mm -hmm. And so I appreciate that, that burst of bravery that Activator has. I think learner, <clears throat> and it's probably gonna end up being learner, um, is my humble strength. And I, learner, I think, often has some humility to it. That statement doesn't sound very humble. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I value my own humility. Uh, but I think with learner, there's just always this excitement for for what's next and and knowing that there's so much more growth available for you um and that's why i think it, it'll learn it would probably be it includer is how i build a relationship with somebody um and love being able to connect i've got sometimes we'll post these little stories i have this strange thing anytime i go into a starbucks anytime i go into a starbucks i end up having this really deep conversation with somebody in there. It's just very, it's crazy. And you know what uh, you need to do? You need to just what? hang out at a Starbucks two days a month and book a 45 minute session with you. <laughs> That's exactly what I need. You know what? And actually where somebody suggested that to me one time, Coffee and coaching. With, exactly work with a specific Starbucks, go in and talk to the manager and say, Hey, I'm going to camp out in this one little area like one day a month and offer coaching sessions to anybody coming in the door. Feed me coffee and I'll be right. Exactly. I'll promote this location. It'll be great. <laughs> I think we've come up with a thing here. This uh, has been a really helpful podcast. I don't know if it means you pay the bills. However, <laughs> it'd be fun. Right. It'd be fun. Maybe like once a quarter. Yeah. 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 But um, so I, I love that Includer helps me connect with people. Uh, but learner would probably be it because learner also helps me connect. I have a thirst for understanding um, and just, just listening to how interesting human beings are. How many so, books you're reading at the moment? 
Would you like to know a fun fact about Heidi? Yes, of course. Okay, I hate to read. Ah, so this is, and this is a very good insight, isn't it, around the, the preconception of learner. Isn't it? Mm. And input, because I have input in top five. Yeah, also. true. Yeah, I, I actually, I cannot stand to read. Um, I will when I have to, or feel like I have to, but otherwise I tend to surround myself with people that I feel are brilliant. Um, and I learn from humans instead of learning from books. But in regards to forcing myself to read, I am in the middle of, it's the manager. Yes. And um, it has been, if a book could possibly grip me, this would be one of the first. Well, that's good to hear. That's, that's a very good um, recommendation for It's the Manager, which is the new book came out in the middle of this year from Jim Clifton and Jim Harder. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm actually seeing uh, uh, Jim Clifton in Sydney in a couple of weeks as part of a, an event that Gallup are putting on, which will be very oh. good. It's all about cultural transformation. So, yeah, we're excited to take – I'm taking a, a 10 clients with me. So, Oh, how awesome. Oh, yeah. that'll be – That'll be huge. I, that, that book, I think I had really, I'm curious to know um, how you like the flow since it's not really meant to be read cover to cover, um, but kind of popcorning around. How did you feel about that? So I'll be honest, I've been popcorning around. I haven't read it cover to cover. I've been jumping and mm -hmm. uh, cause it, there is a lot of information in there. There's a lot of good reference material and, and inspiration really to take action on different things. Um, and so I'm a, I've been popcorning from here to here to different sections yeah. of the book. Yeah. I like that. I like that this book uh, encourages that. My activator loves it. Yeah. Um, so I can just do a tiny bit and then, you know, popcorn to something else. Um, and, but I, I've been, I've been energized, a little freaked out um, by some of the stats and, but, but mostly left um, motivated to, take some of this information and, and really use it to help reach more organizations. So I'm, I love it. It's good. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I've actually, I'm looking forward to using it uh, with a number of leaders in organizations where they'll get a copy of the book and we'll a bit of a book club quite mastermind situation where we're actually going to use it as a tool through the process as well. Mm, I love that. Yeah. This uh, would be a phenomenal uh, book club book that organizations could, should really take part in. Yeah. I actually got, I have two questions from our previous conversation we've been having. Um, and one is, I just need to check on something. Were you the person when you were at university that had to go and break up the parties? <laughs> I most certainly was. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely was. Um, which in some regards was really easy because, you know, the people who apparently were in that zone were annoying and I had no problem breaking it up. And there were admittedly a few times I was a little bummed out and I would have liked to just kind of join in. <laughs> <laughs> I just pictured this like, Heidi's coming quick. Right, right, exactly. Hi. Yeah, yeah, oh, listen, all the little clinking sounds behind the door. I mean, come on, give me a break. <laughs> I did find that, um, so once, you know, those situations were over, um, later in my career, I was the one that students would come and meet with when they had violated a rule. Um, and there was this one stretch of time for whatever reason where I was really having a hard time getting students to show up um, to their meetings with me. And I was getting really frustrated. And uh, one student, they didn't show up. And then they, you know, finally came in uh, a week or two later. And I asked, you know, how, why would you miss a meeting? I mean, this is, important and you know you're there are policy violations at stake or whatever and he said <laughs> Heidi's just a really friendly name I didn't think that you would uh be upset about it or that I needed to take it that seriously <laughs> <laughs> so I, I kind of debated for a little while maybe changing my name on those letters to like Helga or <laughs> something that <laughs> commanded a little bit more than Heidi but you know yeah, isn't that interesting? Those assumptions that we can make so quickly just based on a name. Yeah. 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 Now, my other thing that you mentioned, which I loved, was about the courage that people can get 
and develop through focusing on their strengths. Now, what, what's your insight on that? Well, um, there, actually, there's another coach who I um, have spoken with this quite a bit, um, Joanna Weisinger. She's here in the Dallas area to um, just adore her. And she and I uh, met recently and we're talking about how when you are, I think a lot of people kind of going into that searching for self, um, self-help books or, you know, different programs or retreats or whatever that you can attend. And a lot of these things say something like, you know, here are the top 10 things you need. Here are the top five things you need to put into your life. Here are the whatever. Um, and those, some of those can be helpful. Uh, we, were, we were both discussing about how you actually already have what you need. Mm. And there's not, it's not about searching for something that you don't have. It's about awakening what you do have. And to me, there's just this, there's a, such a courageous part to our strengths when we finally begin to understand the power that they have, or we can say, um, you know, like, I'll, like, you know, activator, I had dreamed for a long time about owning my own business of some kind. And it wasn't until really understanding the power behind Activator specifically and saying, um, there's nothing that can necessarily hold that strength back. You know, it can get excited about an immediate opportunity and jump. And so I dove into it and <laughs> put a harness around it and just <laughs> held on tight. Um, and it, that it gave me the courage to be able to do that. But I didn't you know, that strength was just, it was already in me. It just wasn't, um, it hadn't been awakened. And so that's why I think outside of productivity and relationship development, um, understanding your strengths gives you that, it can just give you that boost to get more from life. Um, yeah. And and really harness that bravery and saying, this is who I am and I can do something with this, you know, that's that's different and exciting and unique and, so I, maybe there's something there behind the relationship of courage and strengths. Have you seen in your coaching someone that has developed more courage? Is there a story there that you could share through them understanding who they are more and their strengths? You know, it's funny. Yes, there is. And this just happened a few weeks ago. Um, I'm coaching an organization, um, a financial organization, and there's an employee there who um, came to me in a one-on-one -on -one session. She said, "There, we have an opening for a manager position um, in this one department. And she said, I haven't been here very long, um, but there's something about that position that I'm really drawn to. And so she and I went through her uh, top 10 strengths and related them to what that position might look like and what talents of her she might be able to use on a regular basis in there and maybe ones that might be challenged. Um, and at the end, she said, I just you know, after going through this, I really feel like I, I could really do that job. I think I, I would like to throw my name in the hat, but I'm scared. And I said, why? I mean, I get it, but let's talk about what, what the worst case scenario is. You put your name in the hat, nothing happens and you get to keep the job that you really enjoy right now. That's not a horrible worst case. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and so she left um, that coaching session um, she went and scheduled a meeting with the vice president of her area and walked in and said, I really want to talk about this manager position that's opening. I feel like my strengths are screaming for me to apply. And I know that that's, those are the words that she said, because I was actually contacted by the vice president after that meeting. And um, he sent me an email and he said, I am, I had the most incredible sit down with one of our employees um, and she came in and used the words, my strengths are screaming at me to apply for this. And he said, it was, I could tell she was nervous. You know, she was shaking a little bit and, and kind of scared to be in there putting herself out there. He said, but um, she had such an awareness of who she was and what she could offer in that role um, that it was, it was clear that, um, that she needs to be considered. And I just, it was such a win. Yeah. Right? You know, I mean, yeah. she's such a huge win. And I followed up with her afterwards. Um, and, and she, of course, she emailed me after she got that meeting. I can't believe I just went in and talked to the VP and I just told, you know, I mean, she was just on this craze. <laughs> 
um, hi. And I told her, I said, you know, I'm, I could not possibly be more proud of you. Um, mm. And it, if for nothing else, the fact that in that moment you recognize you have something, you can offer them something, you know, that's different. And that's just, that's a, that's an aha moment that I hope will stick with her forever. I'm sure it will. And that, that energy and to say that um, her strengths were screaming for this role and the way that um, I can imagine the infectious energy she brought to mm. that conversation, to that executive. And as you said, that's going to carry with her. And as you said, if she's not successful, she's still tapped into this deep understanding of who she is, what she brings and the courage to act on that. Right. Right. And that's, I mean, that's, that's a skill that um, will take you to places that you can't possibly imagine. And, and you mentioned your own courage to start the, your, your business. Um, we've been in business running our own coaching workshop, facilitation, consultant, contractor, blah, blah, blah. Is right. it funny? All those hats you wear. <laughs> our, a lot. Our, our businesses for about five years. What's been, um, so would you ever go back? That's my no. first question. No. Why not? What, what's, what's the beauty about what you do now? I think um, it's the ability to be a little giant. Like the, the feeling that uh, you can truly impact um, the existence of another human being on a daily basis. I don't take that lightly. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there's, there's a weight to it, but it's just such an incredibly fulfilling weight and an inspirational weight. And uh, I can't imagine, I'm sure there are, but I cannot imagine another role that would allow me to see the just beauty of humanity like this coaching role can. Wow. I, I love, I've just written down that because I love how you talked about the way that you can truly impact other humans on a daily basis and yeah. see into humanity and support and lift. And the, the ripple effect that I know that you are making is, is so powerful. Oh, and they, and I know you, that I, I know that you feel the same way. There have been coaching sessions where, you know, the clients left and I've just burst into tears mm-hmm. because of how much they affected me. You know, listening to, um, like hearing their strengths, you know, as they talk or about a big development that happened or a way that they use them. I mean, it's just, it brings you so much closer to people um, that I I just, I can't imagine another role that would allow me to experience that kind of connection. Um, So it's, this is it. (laughs) Is it? Yes, yes, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you. And um, what's been your biggest business lesson? Oh, starting your business. Uh, probably profitability. Mm-hmm. Um, in regards to uh, the Builder Profile Ten um, BP Ten Assessment, profitability is admittedly number ten for me. Yeah. Uh, at the bottom of the barrel, and so I struggle hugely with. Um, charging what I'm worth uh, in coaching. And I think anytime you are the capital or you are the, the, um, the thing (laughs) for lack of better words, it, that's tough to price. It's tough to price yourself um, and, and what you have to offer. And so that, that is a constant struggle. I kind of ebb and flow with I'm at a comfortable level right now, but um, you know, it's taken, you know, four years to get here. Mm. and really figuring out, you know, if I'm offering this and no one balks at the price, well, uh, it might be a little bit on the low side or, um, you know, looking at changes that you might help an organization to make and figuring out what that's worth. And um, so that's tough. That's a really tough part of the business. And I think like you're saying, it comes with time and understanding the value that you bring and the impact that you make. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what's next for you in your business? Well, um, long-term, long-term, 
I would like to bring some additional coaches into my business um, to, I really enjoy the, the larger um, workshops, the larger groups, uh, and kind of that real wide range impact that gives me a, some big energy boost. And um, so I would like to eventually bring some other coaches in to, to help to manage a lot of uh, the one-on-one -on -one coaching in organizations. Um, so that's a long-term goal. Uh, I think short-term, um, I'd like to get into a little more on the keynote side, mm -hmm. to be honest. Um, I enjoy the process of, um, well, I shouldn't say I enjoy the process. You know, my activator just wants to jump up on stage and <laughs> comes out of my mouth. <laughs> As an activator slash learner. Ooh, yes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, but I, I really, I like the energy of um, being in front of a group and uh, would like to challenge myself in harnessing that, um, you know, kind of calming activator a little bit and thinking more, uh, bringing maximizer up to play um, and, and honing in on some specific, really well thought out um, talks with folks, with larger groups. So that's kind of an area that I'm starting to dive into a little bit. Yeah, fantastic. Um, so just to help me and our listeners understand, who do you really love to work with? Mm. I like to work with organizations who, um, they're sm I'd say less than 150, um, less than 150 employees. I like a size that I can really impact and get to know all of the employees. Um, and I think organizations that, that really want to grow, they really want to get vulnerable. Um, I have a hard time sometimes working with ones that uh, are pretty confident that they're in a great place. Mm. And that's that learner, right? I, just generally have a hard time when people think they've arrived. <laughs> so uh, organizations that have that mentality, that's a little bit on the tough side for me. I like to work with organizations that come to me and say, I think we can do better. Yeah. And, and, and having that growth mindset. Yes. Of it's not that we're broken. But right. Yeah. How can we do this better? I know that we, there's possibility. I know that there's growth. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's my, those are my favorite, my absolute favorite, because um, more so than the organizations that really are broken, I think those in that growth mindset um, get even more mm. from coaching and, um, and just it's the, the energy that is captured in those, uh, those teams is just, it's outrageous. I could feed off that for days. So your company is called Flourish and Begin to Flourish. Mm-hmm. Tell me why that name. Hmm. Man, I really want to give something super inspirational here. Um, <laughs> Make it up. No. <laughs> right, right. Wow the audience, wow the audience. Um, truthfully, I was looking at a couple other words and dove into the thesaurus um, and just looked at words for growth. Um, and that was because I, and going back to learner, right? I am just so interested in learning something new and what that can do for me, what that can do for you, what that can do for us. And just kind of honed in on the word flourish and thought that's, that's what strengths, that's what it's about. Yeah. You know, it's not about the creation of something. It's about the ability to flourish with what's there. Um, and so that just, I just kind of honed in on it. I just knew that that was it. It's a beautifully sounding word. And I like how you're using it um, for the work that you do. I, yeah. It's a, and it's a, such a great fit for you. Thanks. I like it. It's been a, it's been a, well, I, I'm stuck with it now, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I want to ask you, Heidi, what is your definition of inspired energy? Hmm. I would say um, my definition of inspired energy. Well, I think what that makes me, it makes me think of a feeling actually. Um, when you are, when you're in the zone, 
with your strengths, like you, I, I've equated it to carbonation, like an internal carbonation is what it feels like. like. If you're about to drink a Dr. Pepper or a Coke and you're watching the, the fizzing bubbles on top, um, when you are in the zone of growth, um, of inspiration, of energy, it feels like carbonation inside. Mm -hmm. And so that <clears throat> inspired energy, I mean, that's, that's what that makes me think of is when you are so engrossed in a moment of growth that you feel like you're fizzing on the inside. And that's what's so crazy um, is that that is just so incredibly achievable, you know, on a daily basis, it takes a little coaching and a little self-exploration and then you know you can get to the point where you actually know what kind of situations are going to get you that fizzing feeling um and so yeah who doesn't want that fizzing feeling who doesn't want a fizz <laughs> i know <laughs> except, except for the burp that sometimes comes with it i mean but sure yeah we'll yeah. forget that part at the end yeah it'll but just be a forever such a beautiful visual and around that that inspiration that you um the, you know, I'm sorry, I'm just I'm lost for words, which is rare for me, but it's the fizzing inside <laughs> and that bubbling up and, and even linking back to what you said earlier, it's about what's inside of us already and tapping into that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fantastic. I love that definition. That is beautiful. Thanks. Um, I want to just acknowledge your energy. Uh, I've got to know you through meeting you at the Clifton Strength Summits in Omaha for the last few years. You and we, of course, are co-authors in an amazing book. We are stories of transformation and coaching. Check it out now, available where all good books are sold. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just want to acknowledge your energy, your passion, and your um, your way of articulating what you're thinking about in such a beautiful way. So thank you for that today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to chat with you, and you are just one of the most easy persons on the planet, planet to talk with. So thank you for being my friend. No, thank you, Heidi. Um, uh, and if anyone would love to find you online and to know more about the amazing work you do, where should they find you? Um, website is probably the first place. It's www.begintoflourish.com. Um, I'm on Instagram, Flourish LLC. And uh, email is always super easy, Heidi, H-E-I-D-I, at begintoflourish.com. Wonderful. So please check out Heidi on those platforms. And if anything that we were talking about in this episode got you thinking, got you inspired, you had that inspired energy, please share it on social media and make sure you tag Heidi and myself with the hashtag inspired energy. Heidi, once again, thank you so much for the chance to catch up and chat. It's been awesome sharing a bit about your insights, your stories, and the work you do. Um, so full of interesting things. So um, go forth, be you, and have an awesome day. Thank you. You too, Murray. Good to talk to you.